0: As Salaamu Alaykumullah for coming. This is the post Ramadan, inshallah session. And we will continue from where we were before Ramadan. That is Surah Al Ahzab. Surah Al Ahzab. Federated clans. Item number thirty-three. Item number twenty-eight. Ki Hamad Translations page 703 this is Surah Al-Hazab Surah number 33 Ayah number 28 In this Surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the status of the Rasul sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam, that how should Muslims see? Prophet Muhammad When You want to form an opinion About somebody and Then You would form the opinion Based on uh, The person's behavior Action, interaction Your Companionship With that person uh, If you haven't been with that person For a long time it's very difficult, if not impossible, to judge any book by the cover. As uh, One person was mentioning some points about another person in front of Umar and Omar asked him, how do you know that this person is this way? So he said, I'm just speculating. He said, you can't speculate and you won't know a person until you have done one of three things. One is you've had a business transaction with that person which will show the amana and the trustworthiness of that person where the nafs comes in, the greed comes in and whether or not that person is conniving, deceiving, he's going to stab you in the back or he's going to be forthright, he's going to be honest. And so on. So, if you are a business partner with someone and you had business dealings with someone, then you may get to know the person. The second is that you've traveled with the person. And travel in those days meant you traveled, not that you took a one hour flight from here to Cleveland and you got to know the person. Not that way. Travel means that you adjust to the needs of the travel sometimes it will be cold, sometimes it will be hot, sometimes you have uh, emotions running high, sometimes you don't want to be with the group sometimes you'll share with uh, your companions, sometimes you won't share so a real trip uh, a road trip where you get to know the person and the third is that you are this person's neighbor that you have neighborly uh, contacts and communication with this person over a number of months or years, where you see how this person behaves inside and outside the house, and so on. So, with the, the Rasul, uh, we see that Allah in the surah is giving us uh, a theology, an aqidah, an impression about how the Sahaba and the rest of the Muslim world should see the Prophet. What is he to you And uh, this surah uh, Bears a lot of testimony About how Muslims don't see the Prophet The way they should do so So right from the beginning of the surah Allah mentions that the Prophet is closer To every believer Than they are them, they are them to, to themselves and So the Prophet should be closer in theory and in theology, both to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Then you saw how the Sahaba behaved with him during the battle of the Ahzab, which is what the surah is named after. And now here we see how Allah subhanahu ta'ala wants his wives to see the Prophet. There's no one who's going to be more critical of you than your own spouse, which is fine, it's normal, it's natural. But when it comes to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam There's an aqeedah behind it There's a theology behind it That you cannot see him The way other wives see their husbands Because he is more than a husband As I've highlighted many times The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is much more than the perfect human being He is the Rasul of Allah So your aqeedah should be that He is Allah's Rasul Period So now, this is a very daunting task That you're asking somebody who lives with you To see you other than your own husband But it goes to the testimony It testifies to the character of the wives of the Prophet As you read in these surahs So, we see this that at the end of al Ahzab This battle that we spoke of previously in the ayat That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gave the Muslims tremendous wealth After this uh, Battle That uh, a lot of money Came, a lot of wealth came, a lot of booty Came and uh, the Prophet received all of that And he distributed All of that to the Sahaba Who participated in the Battle So they became uh, Very very prosperous overnight And some of that was also uh, Given to the Prophet himself. But the Prophet did not immediately distribute the wealth to his wives for various reasons. So the wives got together and they said, Where's our share? Which is very normal. If your wife is not earning money and you're earning money, then uh, the first question is, where's my share? It's fine. So they got together and said, where's my share? Where's our share? And it makes perfect sense that they are the wives and the Prophet, and they should be given something for being their wives. But there's a higher order. With the house of the Prophet, there's a much higher order than that. So they came and they suggested to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, you know, we see the wives of other leaders and rulers in the world and they have plenty and they live in some form of luxury. And here you have the opportunity to distribute some of this to us also. And we are still waiting as if it was a complaint. So, the Rasul Sallallahu did not appreciate that uh, comment uh, for many reasons. When we look at it from our point of view today, we say, well, you know, maybe they have a right. <laughs> but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came down very heavily on the wives of the Prophet in, this, in these ayat as you will see. Yeah. That the purpose of you being with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not to engage in luxury. The purpose of you being with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to develop you As a person To enrich you with taqwa With piety, with God consciousness To enrich you with being with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So that you can become role models for others You can become role models for other women In the community For Muslims to come If you want money and wealth then Allah says to the Prophet, give them that and separate yourself from that from them. And if they don't and they want to remain with the Prophet, then there's a price. So being a member of the household of the Prophet comes with this price. What is that price? Allah mentions that in these ayat. So if you want to be with the Prophet, then you have to be able to sacrifice whatever Allah has given you for him. For his cause. Because he was married to the wealthiest woman in Mecca, And she was wealthy in her own right. But then after Nabuwa came, they both sacrificed everything for the sake of Allah. They no longer lived in riches and the luxury. That is the spirit that uh, must come down into you also So the first wife of the Prophet had wealth Had luxury But then she sacrificed it for the Prophet She was your role model, now you must follow suit So this is where we must make a distinction Between the household of the Prophet Which is to uh, designed to ensure the longevity of prophethood the longevity of Islam, the longevity of deen, it is not to be compared with the household of other rulers and leaders in the world where they can do what they want and they can live in luxury, but you are a world apart from them. Because you are to be role models for everybody else who comes after you until the Day of Judgment. So if people who come after you, they see that the wives of the Prophet were also living in luxury, And therefore we should follow the household of the Prophet. We also need to live in luxury. Then how will the Ummah follow this? Right? Can Muslim women anywhere in the world except perhaps the USA or a few other countries and even then if we select 1% of the population say that we can emulate people who live in luxury. People live in poverty. People don't have bread. People don't have clothes. People don't have water. People don't have a house. And if you bring Islam to the forefront in front of these people and you give this image that, look, the Prophet wives were living in luxury. So therefore all Muslims must uh, bend over backwards to find that standard of living regardless of whatever happens in the world that is an impossible task and it is detrimental to the core values of Islam and to the core values of Yaqidah and to the core values of human dignity so this, is, this passage is very intriguing and it is very very uh, groundbreaking in the sense that even if Islam triumphs uh, and even if Islam has glory the people who carry the banner of Islam need to make sure that they leave a legacy behind them that can still be followed and emulated by others who come after them. They should not leave high standards that can never be understood, nor followed, nor can they be emulated. So this is very intriguing that the framework of the Ahl-Bait The al Bayt issue is very crucial, if not central to the understanding of Sunni Islam. Um, people claim that they understand al Bayt. The Qur'an here in this passage introduces the al Bayt with a phenomenal task. That if you are from the household of the Prophet ﷺ, you must adhere to these principles of how to see the Prophet ﷺ. Who do you see the Prophet as? Do you see him as someone who's going to give you wealth and money and luxury and fame and name and esteem? Or do you see him as someone who should be emulated so that you are successful in this world and the world hereafter? Because in the previous ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned at the end of Surah Al-Hazab that لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمُ الْآخِرُ اللَّهُ كَثِيرًا Ayah number 21 In that ayah Allah speaks volumes About what the Rasul is to all believers That he is a perfect example For those who wish to meet Allah And those who yearn for the Akhirah And they remember Allah plenty If you have these ideals in your mind Then you may emulate the Rasul if you have any other ideal in your mind, you will not be emulating the Rasul, you will be quoting the Quran Sunnah, but you won't be emulating him. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You'll be emulating your own ideal. So this passage is about understanding that the the, the, the the core values of Islam must emerge from the household of the Prophet himself. So when the wives came, the Prophet was upset. And he gave the wives uh, an option. The option was either you stay with me or you leave. If you stay with me, I'm not going to promise you any luxury. I'm not going to promise you a rose garden. Okay? And if you want to leave, then I will provide you with wealth and money and whatever has come from the Ghanima. And you may leave. And I won't say anything to you. That is your choice it's optional so sometimes it happens that you may give an option to those who want to leave the marriage we're not studying the fiqh here but this is one way to separate if someone chooses to do so the other option was you stay with me and if you stay with me then do this very daunting task very different from what the pitch is today in the world, in the Muslim world, especially here in the USA, where the pitch is uh, luxury, demand, demand, and demand, which legally is marshy. Okay, it's fine. Chalta, right? <laughs> you want to demand everything under the sun? It's my right. Here, Allah is saying the Rasul has a right. Observe the right of the Rasul, okay, because it's closer to you than you are to yourselves. If you don't give the Rasul the right Then you're in trouble A sahabi came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and said Ya Rasulullah I love you So the Prophet Sallallahu looked at him And said are you sure you know what you're saying We all say you love the Prophet We do we should alhamdulillah. Allah increase our love for the Prophet And increase his love for us So we should say that It's good The sahabi said I, I really do love you They said if you really love me then be prepared to live the life of a pauper. Be prepared to live the life of a poor person. Be prepared to live the life with meager resources. And then still be pleased with Allah. And then still love me. <laughs> that was the standard. Right? Today we want to live in luxury and say we love the Prophet. MashaAllah. Okay. Try loving him when you have to do your salat and then earn your living the hard way. Earn your living with two jobs or three jobs. Allah make it easy for us. We're not asking anybody to be tested or tried. Allah give us all more with barakah, inshallah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we have to be careful as to how we confess our love for the Prophet on national platforms. We love the Prophet, we love Islam, we love the Deen, okay? Then go and live with the poor people. Not with the rich people. Why? Because the rich people won't teach you what life is about. The poor people teach you what life is about. Well, Allah, the Prophet said that he loves the masakin, And he made dua Allah, وَحْشُرْنِي وَحْشُرْنِي المساكين, That raised me from the group of those who are Masaqeen, the poor people. Why? Because this world is about to die. We're going to leave this world. Anyway, that's a different issue. Here, we see something in the same vein that when you're addressing the Prophet ﷺ as his wife then yes, you can be obviously uh, very intimate and you can be casual and you can be carefree as long as you don't override the aqidah. Overriding the aqidah means you're no longer Muslim. Overriding the aqidah means you're no longer a Muslim.